Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of Heart of a Warrior um, Conversations podcast. This podcast goes along with the Heart of a Warrior blog that you can find on Facebook. And every week we just have a different person here having a conversation about a blog that, you know, touched them, meant something to them. Today I have Delaney Fisher, who happens to be one of my amazing nieces. And she's here to talk about a um, particular blog that she liked um, called Too Afraid to Move. After the podcast, you can find this um, on the Heart of a Warrior page um, on a, some of the older blogs. It's still there, still up for you to read. So I'm going to read it to you first, and then we'll just go right into the conversation. Too Afraid to Move. In my dream, we were driving down a busy city street laughing. The car windows were down as a summer breeze, and the sounds of distant music filled the air. One of my daughters was driving, and the other was talking nonstop about a band she had seen the night before. It was a beautiful dream, until it wasn't. The bright sunshine quickly changed to night, the busy road went empty, and the earth literally opened up in this now nightmare. The three of us were screaming as the tiny car we were in teetered on the edge of what was the road and what was now a gaping open hole of smoking earth below. We were too scared to move. Afraid one motion too far would send the vehicle in the wrong direction, I screamed out in my sleep too afraid to move for several minutes. I blame the nightmare on a pretty upsetting episode of Hawaii Five-O and chocolate ice cream late the night before. How many times in our lives have we been too afraid to move? The fear of making the wrong choice keeps us frozen. It's better to just stand still rather than make a mistake, right? The thing is, a life well lived is full of mistakes. Some little ones that seemed really huge at the time, like prom dress choices and 80s hairstyles. It's also full of bigger ones like college degrees that don't match life goals and marriages that weren't meant to be. The only way to never make a mistake is to never move, never take the risk of being wrong or being very right. Frozen in place might be good for a while, but not for a lifetime. What would you do today if you weren't frozen by fear? What change would you make if you weren't too afraid to move? Remember that God is a God of love, not fear. He wants more for us than we often want for ourselves. When we move, he moves. Where we go, he goes. So maybe this week we need to listen and follow his lead. Where he goes, we go. Where he moves, we move. Imagine the possibilities and the hope that movement offers. Don't stand frozen, too afraid to move. He's right there with you, always. So Lainey, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, tell people a little bit about you, and why this blog stuck with you well let's see there's one thing I'm really bad at it's talking about myself so bear with me <laughs> um, I am a Havelock native and I am a teacher in Havelock um, let's see that's about all I can come up with mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I went to college in Wilmington and I absolutely loved it and I think this blog speaks to me um, because I this time in my life, I call it my quarter-life crisis, <laughs> which sounds it sounds bad, but I mean it in a good way because I'm learning so much about myself in so many different ways. So let me start off by saying that when I mentioned Wilmington, I went off to school knowing I wanted to be a teacher. That I always I always knew, um, but. When I went to Wilmington and I moved there, I knew I was never going to move home. Um, uh, and it was actually my aunt, you, who told me, 
uh, after I graduated and I was doing job interviews, you said, you know, why don't you just try one here? Just test the waters. I think you'll like it. Try one here. So it was my first job interview. I had it, and I fell in love, and then I moved home. So that brings me to where I am now. I am entering my fifth year of teaching. Uh, I have uh, absolutely adored it, and I just I just love where I'm at right now. But this blog spoke to me because um, I compare myself to others horribly, horribly, and. Um, in doing so, I hold myself back a lot. And one of those major things was, for a long time, even when I was home, I, I'm not even making sense. Now I want to restart. <laughs> no, I mean, you are making sense because you're, you, but you know, you're not that different in um, everybody. I mean, all people, we all compare ourselves to other people. It's, it's trying to put my my uh, thought process together is where <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm trying to make sense. That's so awesome. the first way that this blog really spoke to me was because I came home, I loved my job, and um, I lost where I was living and I was renting in, when Florence hit. And so I was living with my mom again and I had to decide if I wanted to rent um, if I wanted to um, find somewhere else to live, and well, so it let's, was, let's think about that for a minute while you talk about because you don't want to go, go past that moment because that was you, one. yeah, because you made a, I mean, you made a choice. Here you were, you you got out on your own, you got a house, you made it your own. It was decorated the way you wanted. You were, you know, working full time you know, live in it, and then it's all gone, right, with the hurricane. So, yeah. yeah. And so it allowed me to, I had to stop in my tracks and completely reevaluate what I wanted and where I was going. And one of the big things that was me not moving was that I refused to look at buying a house. Mm -hmm. I refused to admit that I wanted to stay in this area. So for, I want to say, over a year, I stayed with my mom because I was looking at renting. I said, I can't commit to buying because that means I'm I'm really going to be that person who went off to school and then just came back and lived at home. But what do you mean? That's every Hallmark movie. <laughs> well, you know, as much as I love my Hallmark movie, I always, you know, <laughs> I, I always... Ever since I graduated, I was going to be in Wilmington. You know, I had this idea of what I was going to do. Even in college, I always said I was going to get married by this so-and-so age. I wasn't going to buy a house. I was going to buy it with a husband. You know, I had these things that were my my checklist. I'm a list person. Mm -hmm. um, so right about when you posted that blog was when I had closed on a house and I decided, you know, I'm not renting, this is this is where I am, this is home, these are where my people are, this is where I feel led to, um, to work, and it just, um, 
it was just a, a, a moment <laughs> for me. Yeah, because, you know, everybody doesn't move away. Everybody has different paths that their lives take. And um, move, buying a house is a big thing, but it's not a lifetime commitment either. So, you know, right. yeah. so, you know it's a big thing. But, um, I mean, we're glad you, we glad, we're glad you chose to stay here. Moving, you're in, let's just tell everybody, how old are you exactly? Uh, 26. 26, and you're a homeowner right by yourself, which is a pretty astounding accomplishment. I, I sometimes forget it's real. <laughs> so, all that time that you worried about, you know, moving and committing, look what happens when you did, right? Yeah, and I think it's because my, my goals and how I compare myself to others were so, it just, it was screaming at me louder than what I had actually done. So, I, I prefer my work and focusing on buying a house more than, you know, going out and dating or going out and socializing and sometimes, um, I just lost my train of thought again. Well, is it because, I mean, but is it because you want balance or is it because you're too afraid to date? Well, part of me says it's that that's my thing that I need to move on. <laughs> that I need to move and I'm scared to do that. But the other part of me also says that it's the, the timing. Mm -hmm. So, but now, so when I first read that blog, it was about me moving and getting the house mm -hmm. so I'm situated and I'm happy here and then I spent my time focusing on work and I feel very happy there so now that that's all said and done what area in life am I not comfortable with where is it where is the situation where I, I have that eh, kind of feeling <laughs> and with that that's where I know I need to that's where I feel that's my sign for God giving me a little nudge, mm -hmm. like that uncomfortable feeling that you have, that means that that's your, he, he's pushing you a little bit. Yeah. And so a year ago, dating was not on my radar because I have, a, when I when I feel bad, I always think to myself, am I who, who I want to be if, you know, if God placed my husband, if I am lucky enough to be the person for somebody, you know, if that's in God's plan for me, am I the person I want to be when, if you were to meet me right now? And a year ago, I probably would say no, because there was a lot of stuff that I needed to figure out myself, financially, uh, work-wise. There were a lot of things that I, I wanted to continue to do for me. Mm -hmm. But now, now it's a different story. Yeah, now you're <laughs> now ready. Now i uncomfortable and like, okay, he's, he's nudging me a little bit. He's like, okay, lady, you, you got to go a little bit now. You got to try. You got to trust a little bit. And you got to be okay with, you know, not every date working out, you know. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. That's where it's, okay, you have to be okay with the failure and what that means. Yeah. But each failure, each failure makes you closer to where you really need to be. You learn what you do like, what you don't like, what you can't live with, what you can't live with. Um, it's it's the tail the 
um, that old story, you know, you just kissed a frog, so mm-hmm. you, you know that frog's not the one. Yeah. So it's not a failure. It's just one step closer, and that's um, that's always been a big yeah. Well, you do recognize that a bad date is not a failure, right? I mean, <laughs> no. no, they make for great stories. Too. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm ready to start like my own um, SNL sketch on just funny stories. Yeah, that well, because you know, and the thing is too that it's it's kind of a funny story that you've had this epiphany and are ready to start dating during a pandemic. I mean, because <laughs> you know. Um, everywhere they <laughs> I think the pandemic might be enabling me a little too much because um, I use it as a, as a clutch so, yeah. so when it's over I'm going to be like oh no I can't I can't say that as an excuse anymore yeah. but it is nice to you know in one way I I look at relationships and dating and I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can put myself out there. So, you know, I'll buy a, I'll not buy it, but I'll download a, a dating app. Mm-hmm. I'll get it set up. I'll, I'll get the guts to put, like, three pictures on there. And then I'll see, I'll, I'll get a picture, like a potential person that I'm supposed to match with, and it's yeah. somebody that I know. <laughs> and then I get so nervous about the idea of somebody seeing me on a dating app that I delete it. Oh, my god! I don't god. delete the app. I delete the account. And I go through that process like every three months. So that's just how nerve-wracking it is. Yeah, for because me. they're on a dating app too. Exactly. That's how normal people would see it. Like they're not going to judge you for doing it because they're obviously yeah. doing it too. Yeah. I mean, but this said, is a, well, this is an odd time though, because I mean, like you and I, we're sitting here zooming because I'm quarantined. So I mean, you know, we're we're doing this podcast, having this conversation via Zoom. So. Dating might look a little different starting off, too, right now. It was weird to me before. It's even weirder now. <laughs> of course, I'll tell you like I tell most people, although, you know, one of my girls met, met her husband on a dating app. You know, but most people, you're going to meet them in the normal course of your life, you know. So, but there's nothing wrong with a dating app, either, because it's going to get you out anyway. You never know. You might make a great friend. I hear it and I believe it. <laughs> my brain processes processes it, and I would say it to any of my closest friends, and I be, like I believe it, but my heart just doesn't connect it to me. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, be- because see, I'm trying to figure out why. Because I mean, sometimes you are following your gut. I mean, maybe that's just maybe that is God saying you don't need this dating app. You know, I mean, it could be that. Or it could be you saying, I'm so afraid of being judged, I don't want to put myself out there. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, 20-something girls are hard on themselves. The 20s, <clears throat> the 20s, you change the most. I think anybody who's on 55 now, but I think most people will tell you that you change the most between 20 and 25 and so 25 just becomes this year kind of like turning 40 does for older people this year that you just start reflecting on life you know 
my uh, I relate everything to music, and one of my favorite bands has a record, and one of the songs is entitled Quarter Life Crisis, and at first I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Quarter Life Crisis? Nothing's going wrong in your 20s. It's supposed to be the best time of your life, and then it hit me, because you really do. I mean, it, the simplest things, like your friends getting engaged and married, it's not a surprise anymore. It's like it's our normal age to do that. Uh, I was talking to my brother just the other day, and it's, you know, kid, our, the people we went to high school with, they're on, like, second or third babies, and it's, it's no longer like a, like a whoa, mm-hmm. look who's pregnant. It's like, oh, my gosh, look who's pregnant. This is so exciting. So it's just a weird age because at the same time, somebody who's going back to school and moving to a different state, that's completely normal. It's like you have so many options to compare yourself to. Well, and you don't have as many um, complete stories as somebody my age does because somebody my age sees all the people that got, you can see people who got married young and it worked great, married their high school sweetheart, it's been great, can see the people that, you know, they're, they have not had great success. They're on their second or third because of life. I mean, happened. Sometimes their spouses died. Sometimes things happened, you know, and they're on, you know, multiple marriages. And then there's those who waited long, who waited longer than the rest of us to get married, like you're talking about, who got married later, who, where my kids are grown and, and um, out in the world as adults, their kids are um, still in, you know, middle school. And we all graduated at the same time, and they have thinking of one in particular who has an amazing, amazing, great life, you know, so everybody's story is different, and you haven't had the luxury of being 55 and looking at how those stories all play out. You're looking at the beginning of yeah. those stories, you know. And I think that really makes a good point into just showing me my perspective, because if you look at me and my personality, I'm a very concrete person mm-hmm. where I like answers and not having the answers drives me insane. So that makes sense as to why um, I process things that way because it's almost like I, I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now. Like some days I'm so proud of myself and where I'm at and then other days I feel like I am not enough um well you are and I think every I think probably every um woman in America feels that way I mean every day we wake up and there's you know we're on social media and these people are there with their perfect lives and perfect everything and so none of us feel enough but you are enough and I I mean I wish I could I had a magic you know, thing to give you that would make you quit to quit comparing yourself, um, because that's what's going to keep you from moving. I mean, the fear of what happens if you put yourself out there and move. Um, if you want to move, I mean, you know, and I don't mean move locations. I mean, like, do you really want to date, or do you feel like you're supposed to date? You know? Yeah. Yeah, because maybe you're not supposed to date right now. Maybe. You're supposed to be focusing on your job and and getting your house taken care of and all that things, but you know you there are very few single women your age who own their own home, hun. So you know um, you gotta you gotta cut yourself some slack. 
I hear it. I know. I, my brain knows it. I know. <laughs> but the stomach and the heart just don't make that connection. You know, it's because if it were anybody else, and that's, I say that far too often for things because I would say everything you're saying, I would say to my best friend and to my family. But when I hear it said to me, it's like, what? Yeah. So why do you think that is? Because I am. I'm too hard on myself. Yeah. Well, welcome to being a woman in 2020. Um, we are hard on our, on ourselves and each other. I feel like I'm in a, an official club now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have badges. Yeah. Yeah. We have badges. <laughs> They're called wrinkles. See, this is what happens oh. when you're. This is what happens when you, you know, worry about everything too much. But and we also have the experience to tell you that you could worry yourself to death about it and have all the lists and the plans, and God's gonna just throw it up in the air and and jingle it up on you. Now that so, I am. Yeah. I am. And um, and you're really very brave to go on a podcast where um and talk about this so honestly because girls your age are going to be going yeah i get exactly what she's saying and women my age are going to be going yeah you know because um we've all been 25 and wish that we had a little snow globe because i know you collect snow globes I know, do. <laughs> that we had a and snow globe to show you that what your life will be like you know when you're our age well i hope my uh, rambled thoughts connected in some way um, they did. <laughs> they did. I mean, it's not supposed to be. The conversations really aren't supposed to be. I mean, I broke down in one of them. Had a, everybody had to hear me ugly snot cry. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be just honest and real conversations. So, I mean, your honesty is, is really appreciated because, I mean, they're not really meaningful blogs or meaningful podcasts or meaningful conversations if you're not just cutting to it, right? Oh yeah, and making it, yeah, and making other people feel like like we're perfect doesn't help anybody, right? No, and I can definitely guarantee that I am not perfect. No matter how many snow globes I collect, I do not live in a snow globe. <laughs> um, and if I did, it would be uh, a messed up, like uneven. Although, no, I don't want to say that because the uneven snow globes mean that they've been loved extra. There you go. They're crooked because they've been like, like this for too long. Well, if your aunt had any advice for you, I I would say that you are actually, you know, people in Hallmark movies don't leave. They're always in their hometown or they end up back at their hometown. Okay. <laughs> so, and you own your own home in your hall, in your Hallmark movie, you own your own home, home, which is more than most of the people in all of those Hallmark movies do. Right. And in the sure. real, and, he, and in the real world, that's not Hallmark. Um, somebody your age to have accomplished what you've done in, in the short time is, is something to be proud of. And take your list and throw it out and make a new one during the pandemic, not about what you think you're supposed to do, like I'm supposed to be married by this, I'm supposed to have a baby by this, but the things that you want to do. You know what? Here, I can give a little, here's my advice. Let me give mm-hmm. a little, if yeah. you say that, and I'm going to say yes. Uh, my best friend in high school, I they were brother and sister, they were best friends in high school, and they gave me the best advice ever when I was at my lowest point. They said, write a letter to yourself, tape it up next to your nightstand, and read it. And so I was having a really low day recently, and I re-picked up that trend. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a letter to myself, and I just listed the things that I was proud of. 
So every time that I have a really low moment, yep. I just I, I started the letter by saying, Lainey, you don't listen to anybody else, so you might as well listen to yourself. <laughs> there you go. And I just started <laughs> listing things. So if my, my podcast is too rambled to make any sense, here's my piece of advice. <laughs> you can't listen to anybody else. You listen to yourself, write a letter, and uh, tape it up to your nightstand because... I just recently did that, and it uh, it was very therapeutic. Well, that's very, very good advice. Um, and we'll close this up, but I thank you for doing the podcast for everybody. And I'm, no, I'm going to read the scripture that goes with it because it's, you know, it's pretty good too. So I've commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. I am the Lord your God, and I will be there to help you wherever you go. That's Joshua 1.9. So... When you're talking to yourself, remember that he's listening to you and he's there for you too. So, and so was your aunt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to tell everybody, you can tell everybody bye too. And that's the end of episode oh, four. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>